This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Do any late night tweeting last night, Sam Knight? Uh... Perhaps. I'm guessing you weren't on Ambien. <laughs> no, I was not. Why Why would you bring that up? Well, the Roseanne saga has taken a turn. Uh, she claimed that uh, while she's not making excuses, that she's just giving an explanation. Her racist tweets were a result of taking Ambien a couple nights ago. That it- still doesn't account for the photo of her dressed as Hitler burning a little gingerbread man. <laughs> no. Ambien responded saying, uh, racism is not one of the side effects of taking the drug. <laughs> it's a pretty sad day when a uh, pharmaceutical company issues a more woke statement than Jimmy Kimmel, who, uh, who said that Roseanne was suffering from mental health issues yeah. and that uh, we should show her some understanding at this time. A lot of people who suffer mental health issues uh, don't have racist meltdowns online. Most of them don't, in fact. Speaking of meltdowns, Missouri Governor Eric Greitens, he and his uh, Gatling gun going out of the governor's mansion and he resigned. That's right. uh, I guess at the end of the week or something. Yep, yep, at the end of the week. This is a real creep. He is a huge creep this is because he's accused of tying up a lover he was having an affair with and taking photos of her basically revenge porn type shit uh possibly worse stuff well uh, i i assume eventually the uh the fallout of the full fallout of that story will eventually be reached over the coming weeks yeah there's an investigation into him and one of the charges was dropped as a result of him resigning from office so he might have done this as part of a forthcoming deal Anyways, we've got some news about the worst tweet tournament Twitter account. We fired it back up again, haven't we, Sam? We have. We were uh, (laughs) just sort of brainstorming yesterday, noting how Elon Musk and Roseanne were uh, sort of titans of Meltdown May. And we thought, who had the bigger meltdown, Elon or Roseanne? And this is probably a good opportunity to fire up Worst Damn Tweet and have the Meltdown May edition. Yeah, so starting next week on Monday, voting is going to resume at Worst Damn Tweet on Twitter. We're going to have the Meltdown May edition. We already have the two seeds locked in, Roseanne Barr and Elon Musk. We're going to have some other people, Julia Ioff. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Geo-Hell dude. Maybe the Necrophilia dude. Maybe the Necrophilia dude. Uh, We've got some big names up there. We yeah, don't. We, 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 we don't want to. Uh, we don't know how many yeah. how many uh, participants there will be just yet. But if you're not following at Worst Damn Tweet, start following. We got another competition about to get fired up next week. Okay, almost time for the newscast. Before we get to it, let's read some haikus. If you sign up on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/DistrictSentinel, five bucks a month, you get your own poem read on the air which Sam Knight and I are about to do. You also get access to bonus content and stuff. But let's read some poetry. This is for Luke. I know you hate this, but Luke, I cannot resist. I am your father. 
Thank you, Luke. Obviously, a Star Wars joke. Oh, is that what it was? I just don't want to don't want to make people think it was a crass your mom joke. Okay, I don't think anyone thought that. But thank you, Luke. This one is for Franklin. Here's PR advice: blame hackers, not Ambien. Pay me the money. Thank you, Franklin. And again, thank you to all our new subscribers on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash District Sentinel. It's Wednesday, May 30th, 2018. Here's the news. Democrats are crying foul after the National Labor Relations Board said it would use the rulemaking process to walk back a key Obama-era regulation. Earlier this year, the NLRB was forced to abandon a case ruling that repealed the regulation. This came after the inspector general said there should have been a recusal from Republican board member William Emanuel, citing, of course, conflicts of interest. Today, three Democratic senators released a letter critical of the decision addressed to NLRB chair John Ring. It was written by Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Kirsten Gillibrand. The trio said that the rulemaking process, quote, appears designed to evade the ethical constraints that federal law imposes on members in adjudications. They also accused Ring of further tainting the process by prejudging the issue in a series of tweets. Ring said something to the effect of, uh, let's get the job done. Uh, and, And the three senators were not very happy about that. At the heart of the dispute is the so-called joint employer rule. President Obama's NLRB changed it to hold corporations liable for indirect control over franchises. The standard is currently subject of a lawsuit involving McDonald's workers. They say they were retaliated against for joining the Fight for 15 movement to raise the federal minimum wage. An administrative judge in New York is currently reviewing a settlement that has been approved by McDonald's, of course, and Trump's labor board. Defrauded students had a good day in court last week. A federal judge blocked a Department of Education rule that would have required defrauded private college students to pay back their worthless student loans. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos scrapped an Obama-era rule last year that would have entitled former students of now-shuttered Corinthian colleges to full debt relief. The school was found to have engaged in rampant fraud. It was shut down in 2015. DeVos installed a new rule, though, that would have required former Corinthian students to pay back some of their loans. But Judge Sally Kim on Friday threw out DeVos's new rule. The judge found that the DeVos rule relied on flawed modeling to determine which students were required to pay back their loans and that the model itself was created illegally by sharing private data with other government agencies in violation of the Privacy Act. Judge Kim also cited the borrower's economic struggles, noting, quote, Given their financial situations, any additional dollar they are required to repay takes away from basic need for food and shelter. In economic terms, the marginal utility of each dollar is extremely high to the plaintiffs. So the department was ordered to stop collecting loan payments from the students. The court did not reinstate the Obama-era rule. That matter will be argued in court at a later date. I remember before the Obama-era rule came, when we met... Uh, students of of for-profit colleges, including Corinthians, who were afraid that they were going to have their social security garnished because they had fucking loans to repay for a bunk education from a fraud school. Yeah, it speaks to the the age dynamic at play here, too, when you have uh, older people who went to private colleges and who are on social security. 
The appointment of a staffer by John Bolton is causing observers to sound the alarm. Fred Flights was named National Security Council Executive Secretary. He was Chief of Staff for Bolton during the George W. Bush administration. Bloomberg broke news of the impending hire yesterday afternoon. The decision has raised eyebrows because Flights is currently Senior Vice President at the Center for Security Policy, a Muslim-bashing organization known, run by known crank Frank Gaffney. Critics of the organization include the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and even the ADL, the, anti, the Anti-Defamation League, which itself has been Islamophobic while attacking critics of Israel and the war on terror. As pointed out today by Libby Watson of Splinter News, flights last year accused Muslims in Minnesota of causing a measles outbreak by refusing to assimilate. Ugh. Anyway, Bolton himself isn't without ties to an organization that whips up hatred of Muslims. NBC reported last month he was recently chair of the Gatestone Institute, and he had served the role since 2013. During that time, the group warned Europe is facing a jihadist takeover and a great white death. Gatestone also spread conspiracy theories about the German government seizing homes for refugees and Somalis in Sweden turning the country into, quote, the rape capital of the West. Hmm. No word from the U.S. State Department yet about a wild story in Ukraine. Journalist Arkady Babchenko was reportedly killed in the country on Tuesday by Russian assassins. Ukrainian Prime Minister Voldemort... Vladimir <laughs> Vladimir Groisman even issued a statement blaming Russia for the murder. Did you call him Voldemort? Yeah. Well, Babchenko, I've never even seen Harry Potter, by the way. I've never read the books, but I assume that's how you spell Voldemort. <laughs> it's Volodymyr. Volodymyr. Anyway, Babchenko, he's not dead. He appeared today alive with Ukrainian authorities who admitted to faking Babchenko's death as part of a sting against individuals who are trying to kill him. Ukrainian security services are claiming that Russia was behind the plot. Politico reported that one of the individuals detained is a Ukrainian national. Apparently, Babchenko's wife didn't even know about this. I don't know. Like I said, this is a wild story and one that could inflame tensions in the region. I mean, Ukraine publicly accused Russia of a murder that didn't happen. The two nations are at a, a warm war, I'd say, a warm war against each other. A, uh, a sporadic shooting war. Yeah. Uh, the Trump administration has waded into this conflict, going even further than the Obama administration and improving weapons like anti-tank missiles to the Ukrainian government. So... I'd like to hear uh, what the U.S. State Department thinks of what happened uh, over the last few days over there. Yeah, especially we've seen uh, in the past how journalists have been critical of uh, intelligence services who assume the identity of journalists to gather covert, to do covert operations. Here in the U.S. Because it sows distrust of journalists. Finally, here comes the watering down of the Volcker Rule. The Federal Reserve today is set to vote on a proposal to weaken the regulation, which sought to ban banks from using federally insured savings for speculative investments. After the Fed, two other agencies are also expected to propose changes. According to Bloomberg, those should come over the next week from the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Five agencies in total oversee the Volcker Rule. As noted before on the show, the revision will scrap, among other things, a key assumption on short-term bank holdings. A previous interpretation of the Volcker Rule banned banks from taking positions for less than 60 days. 
It's not just Republicans pushing this either. The changes are being supported by a prominent liberal member of the Fed, Lael Brainerd. She was on Hillary Clinton's shortlist to be named Treasury Secretary before, well, you know. Anyway, Governor Brainerd said this of the revisions, quote, while the purposes of the Volcker rule is compelling, our experience with its implementation over the past few years suggests that the interagency rule has turned out to be needlessly cumbersome in practice. End of quote. This is ridiculous. Banks were making more during Obama's second term in annual profits than they were during the Bush bubble years. I don't know how the Volcker rule could be overly cumbersome uh, during a time like this. I don't either. It's bullshit. Sounds like bullshit to me. All right, that's going to do it for the newscast. Before we go, let's check out the old listener rant line. Hey, guys. Uh, This isn't a rant so much as it is an intervention. I was uh, walking to work this morning, and I looked up and happened to notice none other than Sam Sachs hurrying, I assume, home. And he had a look of sort of, I would say, desperation and almost shame on his face. I was very confused. Then I noticed that in his hand, he had a bag of Chick-fil-A. Sam, buddy, I think it's time to admit you might have a chicken tendy problem. Look, I've... uh, I've chased that dragon myself. I know how dark it can get. But warning chicken tendies, that's a, that should be a wake-up call. There's a whole community of us out there ready and willing to help here for you. But the first step is just admitting you have a problem. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Cheers. Bye. Okay, look, it's true. I had Chick-fil-A. I wonder who the caller is, by the way, uh, who... Uh, is observing me in IRL and calling in into the rant line about it. But yeah, I had Chick-fil-A. I wasn't eating tendies. I had Chick-fil-A breakfast this morning. And I guess they're little nugs, chicken nuggets in in biscuits. They're mini chicken minis. Have you had the chicken minis? Uh, I don't think Well, I... they're fucking delicious <laughs> is what they are. Uh, no shame in that game. Okay, a little bit of shame because anytime I go to Chick-fil-A, I'm a little ashamed of it just because they're reactionary pricks. So like leaving Chick-fil-A, going back home, like I was feeling a little shame holding the bag. I didn't want to eat at Chick-fil-A. I wanted to eat at home. So I had to carry the evidence with me. So maybe that accounts mm, for the shame mm, and the scurrying mm. uh, look. But Well, I, I, I will just say this. I recently walked by the, the very same Chick-fil-A in question. And I thought it was funny because Chick-fil-A's are famous, of course, for never being open on Sunday. Guess what was open on Memorial Day, though? Chick-fil-A? Oh, yeah. Those fucking hypocrites. Sam, sir. Sam, sir. Hello, sir. This is a private touching first class George Authority reporting for duty, sir. I will defend the Senate 6 in the event the American Constitution falls. Thank you, sir. We've got a patriot signed up to uh, fight the Soros uh, globalist conspiracy yeah. against Cynistics. Yeah, good to know. Jorts is a troop in the coming collapse. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Sponsors include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Other sponsors, levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. Newscast is back tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.